Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. So today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Paula Jean Swearingen. Uh, we had her on the podcast about a year and a half ago, and I'm excited to have her back on because she's one of my favorite candidates. Welcome, Paula Jean. Thank you. It's good to be here. 100%. So you are running for office again in the Senate in West Virginia. You won your primary handily over two other opponents, and now you're facing a Republican in the main race here, and I think you have a pretty good shot. This time around, you have some name recognition, which you didn't have before. And I think the people of West Virginia are ready to have a more environmentally, more pro-labor friendly candidate. So I'm interested to hear how the campaign's going. I know you've been out there pounding the pavement, talking with voters. Do you think it's the, is the right time for a progressive in the uh, Senate in West Virginia? Um, I'm glad you asked that. Right now, we've made history. You know, I, I ran with brand new Congress last time. I did this time, which is a slate of ordinary people like myself that is trying to change the dynamic of our government and making sure it goes back into the hands of the people. You know, we've seen an uprising here in West Virginia and it wasn't partisan. I'm a proud Democrat because I stand behind democratic you know, values, but it's, it's not about partisan politics for West Virginians anymore. Um, we had the teacher strike. We know that this is the heart of labor here in West Virginia. And people in West Virginia have always united. When I ask my neighbor for a wrench, he doesn't ask me if I'm a Democrat or Republican. He brings his wrench and he comes over and helps me. And we've seen a whole slate of candidates um, with a movement called the West Virginia Can't Wait movement. We had 93 candidates um, running the primary and we have 43 of those win those races. Right now, every Democratic nominee for Congress, that's the first, second, third in the United States Senate, we are all women. We are all progressive. We have all pledged not to take corporate PAC dollars. And um, it's amazing. We're ready to bust the halls of Congress wide open and making sure West Virginia has true representation for a change. And it is really different this time. We have a very comprehensive campaign structure. And most of our team is led by West Virginians. My campaign manager, he's a black hat coal miner truck, truck driver, and he has built an amazing team. Um, we spent, we sent out over 80,000 texts last week. Um, we have a comprehensive digital strategy. Um, all these things behind the scenes, I don't want to give up all of our secrets, but um, it's really, really incredible. And, you know, right now here in West Virginia, we're in the fight for our lives. My opponent, um, she's never had to have a real job outside of being in Congress. She's there because of her father's dynasty. She's never had to wonder where her next meal would come from. Right. She's out of touch. And West Virginians are just really, really hungry for change. Um, we have a history here. We have more Democrats and independents registered than Republicans. And most of the time, if we elect someone to the United States Senate that is Republican, they don't get elected for a second term. And like I said, this is not about partisan politics. We've had so many West Virginians that's had to leave the state that have donated money and time into this campaign because they just want to come back home. And we just, we've been bid against each other for basic human rights. And it's, we are uniting like we've never united before. For example, on the beginning of this election, I've done some extensive work in Payton City, West Virginia with, they're dealing with a water crisis there. And some of the ladies that are, was working in the community to get clean water are Republicans. And, you know, we sat down and had the conversation, you know, West Virginians unite no matter what. You don't mess with their children. You don't mess with their water. 
and we are mothers and Appalachian women do stick together, especially. And we've seen an uprising, especially of women running for office, because at the end of the day, we don't have to agree on everything. But what we do agree on is we do need economic diversity. Coal's not going to rebound whether you agree with it or not. We had over 140,000 coal miners in the 70s. We have less than 50,000 nationwide. And there is no just transition. Um, This industry got rich off our backs, pulled the rug out for us and left us breadcrumbs. And uh, people in the coal fields live in impoverished conditions comparable to a third world. They have cardboard for windows. They see the failure in our government. People across the state, in, up in the northern panhandle, you know, with the decline in coal, Weirton Steel is almost bankrupt. And those people are starving just like we are in the coal fields. We're dealing with one of the largest addiction epidemics in the country. People like my opponent is funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So how are we going to look to her to solve our problems and create long-term recovery solutions in our state when she wants to take, you know, drug replacement therapy plays a role in recovery, but it's not the end-all be-all and end-all be-all and her vision is tunneled into drug replacement therapy because they're going to put that money right back into big pharma. We even seen with this pandemic, she had the heroes act sitting three months on her desk. What did she do? She ignored it. She tried to draft legislation in the Heals Act to take $600 a week from unemployment benefits for hardworking Americans and said that, you know, just what an incentive to go back to work. And we don't have jobs. Here. How ridiculous is that? And people see through it. And like I said, this is it. We're in the fight for our lives. And um, I, I know people across this state. We've had so many Republicans come into the fold of this campaign because at the end of the day, we know that we need representation. This country was built by right. of the people, by the people and for the people. And we want a government that serves us. This is one of the sickest and poorest states in the nation. You told me 15 years ago that I would be the Democratic nominee for United States Senate. I, I would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> but, you know, as a mother and granddaughter I, cre- I went down this path of begging people just to help us yeah you know we can we can have clean water we can have clean air we can have those jobs 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 that are promised and we shouldn't have to worry if our children right. and grandchildren get cancer <laughs> and you know the elderly in this state we have a large population of elderly and my opponent tried to turn medicare into a voucher program she was the first woman to be elected to the united states senate to represent the state of west virginia and she tried, she's voted against equal pay for women at least three times. She's more than proven with her voting record and her record that she is a corporate servant and yeah. she's not a people. And this campaign resonates. I'm an ordinary poor coal miner's daughter. And I, if I go to D.C., you know, I'm not going there for political expediency. This country girl loves West Virginia. I don't go, want to go to Washington, but I'm going to fight like hell that West, and make sure West Virginia has a seat at the table. Amen. Uh, yeah, so Shelly has a very low score from the a- AFL-CIO. I think it's like 20, 23% mm-hmm. or something like that. So she's obviously not for workers' rights. Uh, she's taken a lot of corporate money. Obviously, there's you're, you're up against big money coming in from these corporations. And it's not just from the state of West Virginia. It's not just the coal industry. There's money pouring in from outside influences because they want to keep mm-hmm. their corporate uh, stranglehold 
stranglehold over the American people. And I think you're right. I think the uh, the fight right now isn't necessarily right versus left. It's it's 99% versus 1%. We're all fighting against the platonomy. Right. And I think workers' rights, I think environmental justice, I think uh, even things like Medicare for all, you see a platonomy of Republicans uh, voters, not not the parties, voters supporting this mm-hmm. now, and neither neither party wants to support this. So people are really uh, hurting in this country. West Virginia is definitely hurting, and I think you're right on that. So I think maybe I'm hoping that people see Shelley for who she is, that she's a corporate bot candidate. She's not advocating for workers' rights in any way, shape, or form, and that it's time for her to you know get the boot. So um, hearing what you're saying there, let me talk about environmental justice for a second. You mentioned you were just uh, endorsed by the Sunrise Movement, and I think that's a really huge get for you. You know, West Virginia traditionally has been in the hands of not just the coal industry, but other um, oil fracking, other you know, other types of of non green uh, energies. So this is a big fight. But mm-hmm. I also know that many of the people that live in West Virginia, a lot of the workers have suffered, uh, you know, from the environmental issues. They don't they don't get paid a decent mm-hmm. amount of money. Then they get sick, and then they're not given any health care. You know, my opponent is for right to work. So she's uh, environmental justice, I think, is a big issue in West Virginia because you have workers that not, were not paid well, don't have a pension, don't have Medicare for all to to help them, are suffering in, in, in every way you can imagine. And, and yet you don't have politicians that are willing to take up the banner to fight for these workers and what they've suffered. And it's just not right. They've been used up by these corporations and they've, they've been thrown out to die. It's, it's disgusting. No, There's ahead. no protection for workers or coal miners or, you know, even, you know, getting something simplistic is even their black loan benefits that they deserve. And you're right. And so many West Virginians don't have access to clean water right now. And clean water is a human right. This is America. Nobody should have to be begging for something so basic as a clean glass of water. And we were bid against each other for, right, you know, basic human rights. Uh, you know, we can't have clean water and clean air and jobs, jobs, jobs. We can have all of that. Coal miners deserve a clean glass of water. They deserve workplace protections. Everybody deserves to make a living wage. We have to invest in economic diversity in this state. We can't put our eggs in one basket anymore. We need to invest in things like the Reclaim Act that would uh, reclaim abandoned mine lands and not tap into the AML fund for miners' health care and pension and not make, you know, not let industry, you know, and, and absolve industry from the responsibility of paying their bills. Um, there's just so many things and we just have so many corporate servants instead of people yeah. servants. Not and at so. the end of the day, we just need visionaries for our future instead of visionaries of our democracy. The possibilities for West Virginia are endless. But, you know, the Industrial Revolution was built on the backs of West Virginia workers, their families and surrounding communities. And it is my goal to make sure that we put federal funding into states like ours that have sacrificed so much. When people have turned on their light switches because of the blood of Appalachians, we're not asking anymore. We deserve economic opportunity. We deserve to be treated like human beings. We deserve everything that we have put into this country. And it not only makes moral sense, but it makes economic sense. Mm-hmm. Happier, healthier people or more productive people. We're just tired of being 49th and 50th an opportunity. Right. And we want to be able to grow in this state for a change and have an environment to where our, grill, our children and grandchildren can stay here and live here and thrive. That's right. And it's not as if other folks didn't benefit financially from all of these things. Um, I think, in fact, you mentioned Shelley is the... 
She is the uh, winner of the nepotism lottery, so to speak, because her father was a politician in West Virginia. But it's my understanding that he was also uh, convicted for corruption. Is that true? He was. Okay. He was. And even during the Buffalo Creek disaster, we had some slurry impoundments to burst it. Burst it left over, I want to say, 10,000 people homeless. He sided with the industry and called it an act of God. And he didn't. There was over 100 some people that died. There was mothers that had their babies washed out of their arms. And I, I don't fault her because of her father, but she's only seated in this seat because of her mm -hmm. father's legacy. And her, she has a moral problem just like her father does. She's only worried about enriching her pocketbook instead of you know taking care of West Virginia. I've asked her. She's a mother and grandmother like me. I just had my first grandchild in January. Congratulations. How does she sleep at night knowing that the children are dying and starving in our state? She has more than proven over and over again that she's just worried about being rich and taking care of herself, taking care of the legacy, the, you know, the dynasty and the legacy of corruption instead of taking care of the people that she's supposed to serve. Yeah, no, it's shameful. And I and I, I would imagine if I can see from the outside in California that folks that live there in the state would see it as well. So I'm hoping that there's a there's just an uproar from the people and they they vote out all of these folks, not just Shelley, all of them, because there's there's a slew of them. I mean, Joe Manchin, we could talk for him about him for an hour, all the horrible things that he's decided on. And yet he's still in a seat of power. So I'm hoping that that we changes. can have moral campaigns and have campaigns of integrity. We have to get dark money out of politics. Yeah, I agree. Our campaign has raised over a million dollars. Our average donation has been twenty six dollars and thirty cents. We almost outraised her last quarter, even wow. with her dark money. Her having over three million in her campaign coffers and less than two percent in individual donations. Wow. And it's because people nationwide are humble. I think everyone who has invested in and didn't stigmatize us like we don't have no teeth, no shoes and no brain and seeing West Virginia as valuable and treating us like human beings and going above and beyond to make sure that we have true representation, not only in West Virginia, but across the country. Yeah, I would like to think that people still don't buy into stereotypes, but I suppose some folks do, unfortunately. Um, let me ask you about, you have this new deal for West Virginia that is very much sort of placated in, in my mind after looking at it on, on an FDR kind of new deal. But one of the things that you're offering in that is a transition for jobs. And I would imagine that relates back to the fact that a lot, so I think that, let me say this, I think a lot of the reasons people worry about jobs in West Virginia is because there's so been such a history of coal jobs there that the minute those disappear, and they definitely, they're disappearing, they're not coming back is that they, they're afraid that there won't be anything to replace that. And I think a lot of folks have voted against their best interests because of that fear. I think that fear has been milked by the other side, saying, well, if you don't vote for the guy like Joe Manchin, you're going to lose your jobs and there's nothing to replace him. But you're saying that that's not the case. So walk us through a little bit of, of what that transition is. Well, people have lost like. their jobs. Yeah. People have lost their back, jobs. Right? There have been no jobs. Right. They're not coming back. And that's the coolest lie that any politician can tell. And it's just only proven it's only proven that they're catering to one industry and they don't care if we live or die. We can invest in renewables. OK, we have a lot of hot spots for geothermal power across the state is not being utilized. This is the birthplace of rivers. We have a lot of dams across our, our state that we could Did I lose you? Oh, but we, you if we have good roads, likes to talk about. 
uh, comprehensive broadband like that my opponent likes to talk about. We've heard about Capito Connect for five and a half years. Really solidifies how disconnected she is. She wants to privatize it, sell it to the highest bidder. You know, we've seen it's been proven before that these companies, they, they get the money on a state and federal level and spend it out of state. Right. It should be a public utility. Yeah. It ties into our education. It ties into our infrastructure, our communications. I, you know, I have a goal to make sure that we with it, uh, it's a public utility and available and affordable to all West Virginians. The, you know, if we have teachers, you know, good, you know, pay our teachers well, yeah. have good roads, good schools, um, good roads and bridges, all these nice things, then we can invite business to West Virginia. So, you know, like I said, the possibilities are endless. We just need people that are going to implement and push legislation to put money into state like states like ours that need it the most right now. One hundred percent. I want to ask you really quickly, West Virginia continues to have a high rate of opiate addiction, and I don't see that dissipating anytime soon. I know the last time I had you on the podcast, we talked about that and harm reduction, et cetera. What are some of your plans in this area? I feel like a lot of it's related to despair. I mean, it's, it's related to losing jobs. It's related to the poverty. Like, I think all of these things are sort of interconnected. But walk us through All of these are systemic problems, as well as the, you know, our politicians allowing the pharmaceutical industry to, to ship mass amounts of pills into these small communities. So some of our biggest drug dealers is my, you know, are, are in Congress. And, you know, my opponent is one of those people. And um, we shouldn't be talking about re-election. People like her need to be in jail for putting the people through what they have here. You know, it comes with us, first and foremost, getting rid of the stigma of addiction. It is a disease. I've seen 80-year-old women that trusted their medical providers, went into hip surgery, and they became addicts. Long-term recovery solutions work. Yeah. Uh, we do not have enough long-term recovery systems in this state. They need state and federal funding. We need, need them on every corner of the state and making sure that people have access to the tools that they need and, and the recovery needs are met and access to recovery centers to go into. And also making sure that we they can be productive part of productive parts of society as part of the recovery system. As they try to find a job, they can make a living wage. They can actually get a job. They have access to social programs like food stamps. A lot of people that have faced federal charges can't even get SNAP benefits, and that's a disgrace. If we're going to try to give people a step up, then we have to give them the tools so they can survive and they can be vile parts of society and uh, they don't go down the same destructive path. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's complex. It's important to me when I do go to Congress to make sure that all these people in the front lines of our communities that are solving our problems already have a seat at the table and writing legislation that actually impacts their lives not only with West Virginians, but people across the country. I think it's important. We don't need these people voting and being the end all be all and serving corporations and lobbyists. We need true representation from the, for a change. And people should have a voice when it comes to decisions made for them and it impacts their daily lives. 100%. So hopefully you'll be able to join the squad in November. Paula Jean, if folks want to donate to your campaign, where's the best place for them to do that? ApologyGene.com. There's a donate button. And if anybody wants to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, it's Paula Jean 2020. Excellent.